Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Seppi. I'm excited to welcome back Rick Heller, head coach of the NCAA regional appearing Iowa baseball team. Rick, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks, John, for having me. So a special season, 44 and 16 appearances in the Big Ten championship game in a regional final first 40 win team since 2015. I can go on here. What was it about this year's group that was special? Well, there were a lot of things. Um, you know, it starts with, you know, talented players. And we had uh, a lot of good players uh, on this team. But um, it was much more than that. Um, this group um, had made a commitment to to do everything in their power to, to get back to a regional tournament. You know, they had high goals. Um, from day one when we you know, had our first meeting in August uh, when the kids came back to school. And this this group just brought it every single day. I mean, they, they showed up um, and they did the work. Um, they took care of their business off the field and they really came together um, early. Uh, and that's always a good sign, you know, doing it as long as I have. Some teams take longer to mesh and this group, um, you know, in, in mid-September was was really coming together already. And um, the leadership that we had uh, with the seniors and the captains uh, was tremendous. And that's something that we take a lot of pride in and we spend a lot of time and put a lot into, you know, making sure that the, the culture of our program is is what it needs to be to overachieve and 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 put yourself in a champion in a, in a place to win a championship and the, the group that we had did an outstanding job. And, you know, the, the thing that, you know, I haven't heard many people talk about or, you know, and, and, and to me makes this year even more special is that um, we, we lost our pitching coach in November. And then we also lost um, David Pearson, another one of our assistants uh, in November and any time that you you lose a, a a really high quality assistant coach, it is it's tough. It's tough on the the players. It's tough on the transition. Um, and you know, Sean McGrath came in, and Mitch Bow came in, um, you know, in late November, and um, you know, was able to overcome that. You see a lot of programs. You know, you lose you see them lose the pitching coach, and and they're. 10 games below 500 for two years until they figure things out. And we've had to, in our program, we've had to experience that several times, but to have, you know, uh, one of the best years in school history uh, after, after that happened uh, is, is really quite amazing. If, if you really want to know the truth and how, how it just is a testament to uh, the players that we have in the program and, uh, the pitchers on our pitching staff and how they handled that that, that transition, and then uh, also to to Sean and Mitch for the 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 ability to adapt and 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 get things figured out quickly, and the job that they did was just tremendous. And then um, you know, and then the other thing with this team, I mean, we were we were in such a good place, and then you know, we lost five of our players and. Including, you know, Keaton Anthony, who who's one of the best hitters in the entire country, and you know, arguably the best hitter in the Big Ten. Um, you know, it'd be similar to like, I mean, if 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 Caitlin Clark hadn't played the last ten games of the season, you know, or Spencer Lee. I mean, that's the type of player Keaton Anthony was in the baseball realm, and 
and we didn't have those guys for the last 17 games. And, and Jacob Henderson was one of our best bullpen arms. And for, for, for that happening and how the team adapted and stepped up and found ways to finish the season off and, and get to the championship game in the big 10 tournament and, um, you know, win two games uh, in the, in the regionals and come so close to, to, to winning that regional. Um, it's just amazing what, what they were able to overcome this season. And it just tells you had things gone perfectly, I think maybe we would still be playing, but um yeah, you know, can't can't you can't worry about that now, but all you can do is be proud of excuse me. Um be be proud of um how much this group did accomplish and all that they did overcome and just I hope that I hope that Hawkeye Nation is super proud of these guys because it was a super special group. You were mentioning losing Keaton and losing a bunch of other players that could derail some teams' seasons. Instead, before NCAA play, if I was doing my math right, you went ten and three. What was the key to not letting those major losses define this team and define this season? It goes back to to what we were talking about earlier, and just the the culture in our program is you know we take care of we can take care of and. Uh, we control what we can control, and the next man up has to get the job done, and they're prepared and ready to do that. And um, in this case, it was Braden Frazier who who stepped in, and um, you know had been in the lineup for some some of the season, out of the lineup for a lot of the season. Um, and when he stepped in, I mean, he picked up the slack. He he was our leading hitter uh, during those last you know 17 games. And, um, you know, just his preparation and his unselfishness and the work that he was able to put in when he wasn't playing to be ready in case that happened is 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 really the, the biggest um, reason we were able to do that. And just having a group of guys that that um, believe that it doesn't matter who's in the lineup, somebody, you know, that person is is talented, that person. Uh, is able to get the job done, and just the belief that it's 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 about the team and not the individual. And then you were mentioning with new pitching coach coming in, with Sean coming in, starting pitching really seemed to be a strength of this team. How much or how valuable was that going down the stretch where you had a lot of guys who you could really rely on? Well, it was um, it was an interesting year on the pitching side uh, because you know early on it it was not a smooth sailing, so to speak. I mean, it was a work in progress and we had to uh, find a bunch of different ways to mix and match and, and throw guys in really rough situations uh, early in games and um, give um, Brody Breck and Marcus Morgan uh, some time to develop and, you know, give them a leash where they were able to work through things and, and fail and still go back out the next week and get into a good routine. And, um, you know, that meant that, you know, other guys had to step in um, to roles that were a little uncharacteristic, um, you know, where you're going to the bullpen in the first inning at times or third inning and um, not easy to win games when that happens, but also a testament to, to this team and the job that Sean did and the pitching staff that, that we had and the depth that we had. Um, but, because we were able to do that and survive it, not only survive it, but get off to the best start in school history, um, you know, our 
Hawkins was able to do a, a, a lot of uh, picking up of the pitchers early and scored a bunch of runs and found ways to come back and win games while we were sorting out uh, how the rotation was going to go. And, um, you know, Ty Langenberg, you know, the one the one returning starter, um, you know, got off to a slow start as well. And it was just a, a steady, a steady growth and a work in progress where those guys just got better and better as the season went on. And then really, um, you know, when we moved, uh, when we flipped the rotation, um, I think it was maybe the Ohio State weekend where we bumped Marcus Morgan back up to the Friday guy and, um, you know, moved Brody back to the Sunday guy. And then we moved Ty into the Saturday role. Um, that we started to get more consistent starts out of those guys. And then we ended up having to flip it again where we moved Brody to Saturday and tie back to Sunday. And it, so it was a, it was a juggling act um, you know, the entire season, but um, you know, it, it, it really paid up, uh, paid dividends down the stretch. And then going back to last weekend in Terre Haute, you're in that second game, the one and oh game. You've got that lead in the eighth inning. Then you give up the five spot there. If yep. you win that game, you just have to win one of the next two games. Instead, if I'm doing my math right, you had to play 31 innings in less than 30 hours. Yeah. What went wrong in that eighth inning? And did you see that as kind of the turning point of the weekend? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's um, you, know, you, you wish you had the eighth inning back in game two for sure. It just didn't go didn't go well. I mean, the bullpen didn't get the job done, and uh, you know they they had been on such a good roll uh, heading into the regional, and even in Game One against North Carolina, you know, we had the the four run lead and and squandered it and barely hung on with Luke Llewellyn striking out a guy, uh, you know, striking out a guy to get the third out with um, the tying and go ahead runs on base uh, at second and third, um, and then. Really, the same thing happened uh, in the eighth inning of, of game two. You know, we had the two-run lead, and um, you know the bullpen just didn't didn't get the job done. And um, you know, Jared Simpson had pitched against Indiana State um, the first time we played them, and his matchups were were excellent. And he he pitched outstanding and dominated them. You know, when he saw them the last time, uh, and you know, there was some. There was some self-inflicted wounds there, but there was also some some bad luck uh, in that inning that really hurt us. And we had the high chopper where uh, we couldn't get the, the out um, uh, on a forced play at second that uh, Michael tried to the last, you know, tried to get the out at first and the guy beat, beat it out. And then, boom, you got a bleeder to left field that was uh, tailing away uh, and Michael dies and tips off the end of his glove. I mean, you get either of those outs and you hold on. Uh, through the eighth and then you go into the ninth um, but you know ifs and buts and it, it it it's baseball and 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 it was I think more of Indiana State just being on a super hot roll they had done the same thing to Wright State the day before they had a, um, some lucky hits and some balls that fell for them and some things that happened right and unfortunately in the eighth inning nothing went right for us and it snowballed and, and we ended up losing that game but it's you know, uh, you have to put stuff behind you and move forward, which the team did. I mean, but that was a painful, painful loss because I think all of us, all of us believe that had we found a way to hold on to that game, we would be, we would be the ones playing this weekend. Uh, and that's painful. 
it's certainly gonna gonna haunt me for a, a good a good time a while and um you know you wish you had it back but um nonetheless our guys fought back you know the next day and we beat uh we beat north carolina in in 13 innings and and you know uh went out and fought hard against indiana state in the first um elimination game with them and you know our bullpen again was not was not very good at all in that game and and just we couldn't outscore them and um, that was the end of our season how difficult is it to manage arms when you're not used to having that 31 innings and less than 30 hour stretch kind of thing well i mean it's pretty grueling i mean especially um with the heat that we had down there it was it was 95 pretty much every day um you know 140 on the turf and um, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a grind, but, um, what do you do? I mean, that's, that it is what it is. And you had to, you had to go out and try to find a way to survive. And, um, you know, our guys did that and more, I mean, they fought, they fought really hard. And I really thought that we, um, you know, the way the game started, um, against Indiana state when we were eliminated that, that we were going to find a way to outscore them. And, and that was kind of the 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 rally cry as we went into that game whatever happens um with the pitching and the, on the mound that we we were going to get it done somehow some way and um you know we just we just fell short and then how much kind of moving forward how much does this experience these guys getting this chance in Terre Haute to play in NCAA games how much does that pay dividends moving forward in future years do you think well I think it I think it's big especially um, going into next year with the guys we have back. I mean, we have um, a good chunk of that roster back. Now there's some big losses, obviously, um, you know, two, two of the top hitters in the country are going to be gone off of that team with Brennan Drigi and, and, and Keaton Anthony. Um, and then, you know, you're going to lose uh, Will Christofferson and Luke Llewellyn to, to the two guys that were our, um, our best late, late inning bullpen guys. And, uh, but we we feel good about the recruiting class um, as far as what we have coming in now. We're searching for a, a, a couple guys. We don't need many, but a couple guys to fill to fill holes this summer. Um, and then you know you look at potentially having you know Raider Tello back, um, Michael Seegers back, Cade Moss back, Kyle Huxdorf back, you know Sam Peterson back. All I mean a, a bunch of guys that that were there and then get to the pitching staff. You got Marcus Morgan back. You got Brody Breck back who will be with us now in the fall and have a chance to really work on some things. Um, and then, you know, the, the, uh, a bunch of other, bunch of other role players on the pitching staff that it will be stepping up. I mean, Jack Whitlock did a tremendous job out of the bullpen for us um, the second half of the season and was just a big reason why we were still playing, you know, um, and got to the Big Ten championship game, and also, um, you know, his role in the regionals was 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 huge as well. And Jack will be back, so there's a there's a lot to be optimistic if we can fill um, if we can fill a couple holes um, that we need to fill this summer. And you know, the 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 makeup of that group coming back is really strong. And so, well, we're excited. I mean, uh, still still thinking a little bit. Um, you know, from from the regional and wishing things um, had gone differently with you know having our guys that that 
that we needed out there that weren't, and then also, you know, how, you know, like you said, the eighth inning um, is a is a haunting inning for us, uh, knowing that that was that was crucial and uh, putting ourselves in the best spot to to get there. But um, you know, we're already working hard and moving towards next season, and um, you know, most of the guys are already getting ready to leave for summer ball if they haven't left already. And I think um, that experience of being in the regional um, is a big motivation for this group. And then throw in the fact that um, as great as this season was, it was uh, a season of near misses. I mean, we, we barely miss winning the Big Ten regular season championship. We we get to the championship game and, and, and didn't get it done. Um, you know, so we finished second in the Big Ten tournament and then we finished second in the regional. So this team didn't get a chance to – um, to to dogpile in any of the three opportunities that they had, and I know I know that's going to be um, a motivating factor uh, next season because it what this team did it, it takes so much in college baseball, especially in the north. Um, you literally have to play every game as a playoff game, and I don't think many people that follow it have any idea the the pressure that there is to to absolutely try to win every single game because if you don't then the way the system is set up they can use that against you and keep you out of the tournament and in a big conference like ours a 13 team conference um, that's really kind of a unfair schedule where the computer spits out who you play and you miss four teams um, you might have the toughest schedule whereas Somebody else that's really good might have the easiest schedule. And there's so many variables that go into it that, that you just basically have to go out and try everything that you can uh, to, to, to win every game. And, and that's, that's not an easy thing to do. And this team this year did that. But knowing that going into next year is also a big help with the new players coming in, uh, that those guys can lead the way and that you can't waste a day. I mean, September 15th, whatever it is, I mean, you can't waste that day if you're in our situation, if you want to have a chance to win those championships and and get to Omaha. And then as a coach, when you're coming off a stinging or haunting loss like you had this past weekend, what's your approach for this next weekend? Do you watch the games? Do you keep the TV off? I'm sure you'd like to watch the games, but I don't know how easy that is. It's not easy, and you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, you're going out to watch the World Series?" I'm like, "No, uh, I'm not going out to watch the World Series unless it would happen to be, you know, one of my close friends or a former assistant coach. I mean, I would do that for them, um, but no, I don't want to be out there unless we're in the in the in the you know in the World Series. And uh, but I, I I mean. I do watch um, occasionally just to because I do know so many people and have um, relationships and friendships with a lot of guys. So it'll depend on who's in, depending on um, whether I'm watching or not. And then as you're looking to address those couple needs, what's your approach in terms of the transfer portal? No, the transfer portal, I mean, it's, it's out there. So, um, you know, Brennan Derigi, Really, I mean, he was in the portal, but he was a grad transfer, um, you know, more than a normal transfer. So we were able to pick up um, 
a couple guys last year with Dorigi being the big one and the key one. Um, but yeah, we will definitely be looking at all avenues with, um, with who, who we're going to try to bring in. And, um, it's, it's a situation where, um, to be able to step in and fill a role like Brennan did, you almost have to have a guy that has been through three or four seasons of division one baseball, because even the best high school kids and the best junior college kids, there is an adjustment period and um, an adjustment period for like, if you're a position player, just uh, with the pitching that you're seeing, you know, every single day and um, having the ability to, potentially get a guy who's been through those wars and, and has, you know, 400 at-bats in his career, uh, if it's a position player, is is definitely um, helpful and an advantage. But um, it has to be the right kid and it has to be um, the right makeup of that kid. And in our situation, we just don't, just don't look at the statistics. I mean, you're trying to find a kid that's going to fit into what we do here and how we go about our business and the unselfishness and humble and uh, care about your teammates. And that's a big part of our search when we're trying to find uh, guys to, to come into the program. And then last but not least, I heard there's a sushi place that you really like near <laughs> Terre Haute. Did you get any sushi last weekend? <laughs> You know, there is, uh, and, and a lot of the guys um, on the support staff were able to go, but I actually did not make it. It's just a lot of times when you get to a tournament like that, um, it's really difficult to get out because you're you're prepping, you're prepping so much uh, so quickly for the next game. And um, I generally, uh, um, I'm generally holed up <laughs> in my hotel room either watching the game that's going on or uh, it usually multitasking and doing scouting, scouting and scouting reports for the team that we're going to play if they're not on TV. And um, I didn't, I didn't get out too much uh, when I was there other than to the ballpark. And then as you stated earlier, we were, we were at the ballpark for 12 and a half hours on, on Sunday. Uh, and uh, that's, that's um, a pretty long day. And, uh, you know, that, that's just, yeah, you know, kind of how, same thing with the big 10 tournament. I mean, I, I very rarely get out of my uh, hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, thanks for joining me. Yeah. Thanks John for having me. I really appreciate the support. Absolutely. And thanks to our listeners for tuning into another episode until next week, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.